0: Today's episode of Riverside Chats is brought to you by Benson First Friday. Want to exhibit your work? Benson First Friday doesn't exist without artists. BFF will help you get in contact with neighborhood businesses and spaces and guide you through any other help you need. Start the conversation at BensonFirstFriday.com. BFF is dedicated to supporting the region's emerging and established artists by creating opportunity, exposure, and experiences that help move them forward while enriching the cultural competency of the greater Omaha area. BFF to the arts, BFF to the community, Benson First Friday. You're listening to Riverside Chats, I'm Tom Noblock. Today's episode is me having a conversation with Connor Brandt and Jordan Gall of The Real Zebos, a great local Omaha band. I don't feel compelled to ramble at all today, so please just enjoy the show. Here we're starting with a song from their new album, Strictly Platonic. Let
1: me preface this by saying that I don't know what I'm saying, This I like I'm close to breaking down the cages and the chains and all the limits put on music But the least that I can do is shut my mouth and be the dude that can't pretend like he's been through it I ain't even supposed to tell him, life can be so overwhelming and you might be close to hell if you ain't nice And most of fellas and the people in your life that you forget to thank and praise Never been the best about it, but I'm trying to find my ways now, spin a
0: And welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Tom Noblock. I have a very special guest, two very special guests. In fact. Well, what if I was mean? I said I have one very special guest in the studio, and Connor one, Brandt and Jordan Gall. One
2: special guest and one average one guest. Yeah, and,
0: and, the, and, and Connor Brandt. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I've got uh, the masterminds behind The Real Zebos, the new band. Well, is it a new band? How long have you guys been together?
1: We, we've been playing as a full band for a little over a year. Oh, so a new. Like
0: that's a new band. Months. Okay. So yes. So we but, got. You guys should identify yourselves so everyone can identify your voices. Yeah. Since this is not uh, not a, 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 an event that everyone can go to. So. My
1: my name's Connor Brandt.
0: And Connor can't hear himself I have, talk. I don't in, have on headphones, headphones on. So. I'm very close to the mic right now, and Jordan's waving me back. Connor's one of the only guests we've had on who. Knows enough about mics and what it sounds like when you're talking into them that he can manipulate it in an unpleasant uh, way as opposed to accidentally. I uh, know doing the a, uh what he, the, very the car-
1: cardioid is that is that a mic term? I, I you, you would know. know before I would. I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, way more I, than I know anyone. the cardioid uh, uh sphere. I know cardioid that sphere.
0: That sounds like a medical term. I don't it know. It does.
1: It does. And but that's the name. It's. I'm almost positive it's cardioid. Okay, cardioid. Don't quote so, me on that
0: cardioid sphere uh and then also we have uh we got connor talking about the cardioid sphere and we have jordan gall hello my name is jordan gall nice okay so welcome guys this is very exciting thanks thanks for for having having us yeah thank thank you you guys should just talk and sing i think the whole the whole show okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) there was like a 50 50 (laughs) shot of us getting that right
0: so okay so the real zevos uh is that your first band either of you yes yeah okay how long have you two known each other?
1: Since late 2014. Yes. Fifth, 14. The first time we met was in the fall of
0: 2014.
1: Okay, where? At University of Nebraska at Omaha.
0: You guys, So at that point, were you guys already into music in the sense that you wanted to make it? uh-huh we, well
2: we actually met on craigslist because seeking yeah, musician i i found an ad of his on craigslist
0: so you're kind of the mastermind in
2: terms of like you whoa yeah. whoa well, whoa you dragged everybody I in kind in this, of uh, that's this definitely not true mastermind. i put out several of my own ads mad scientist found nothing he got lucky when he scored me so we were oh, both kind
1: okay. of doing the same thing
0: Okay, but you were the
3: quicksand that pulled out. Jordan and then everybody well, else yeah. in. I, 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 might have pulled, I might have pulled him in
2: actually. Kind of magnetic. It's hard to know who was magnetic <laughs> personality.
3: Well,
1: okay.
0: But, are you guys both from Omaha?
1: No. No? We, I'm from Ponca, Nebraska. Where's so that? It's in the northeast corner up by Sioux City. Okay. About a thousand people, small town.
0: And where are you from, Jordan? I'm from
2: Harlan, Iowa. It's about an hour away. Oh, is that a small town as well? 4,500 people.
0: Okay, so you both, you know, so you come from similar backgrounds, uh, and then what drug you to Omaha? What was the, what quicksand, how did the quicksand of Omaha pull you both in?
2: School.
3: Yeah. Just, okay. You and O.
0: And you're like, are you, were you guys growing up knowing, okay, music's what I want to do for Absolutely not. a job? No. Okay, well, tell me a story. The, the how did it start?
1: Well, I was going to say the first, what do you want to be when you grow up in kindergarten? I put scientist. Really just and I knew nothing about just it. scientists. Just
2: Mine was probably <laughs> like cool. baseball player or
1: something
0: yeah. army man <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, so I that was really not <laughs> on my brain until Like my senior year of high school is when I started I hadn't really written anything, but I started trying to Yeah, I did yeah. a piano tickling the ivories motion. Yeah, so I took piano lessons and I think jordan did the same i took some when i was younger and then i quit when i was like music sucks sports are cool
0: so okay it wasn't just that like i don't it wasn't like the i don't like practicing it was music sucks it was a little more broad than that
1: yeah i didn't like practicing and i just it just didn't interest me as much at the time that i quit right and then as so i got older and wiser i was like music's actually cool
2: sports suck <laughs> sports suck." yeah i took i took a like one year of piano lessons when I was like 11 years old. And I was like, classical
1: music sucks,
2: which is that's all they have you learning, you know, on sheet music. You were learning and
1: classical. Stuff. I was learning uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb.
0: How old were you at that point?
1: Uh, third, fourth grade. Okay. And you I did and it you on and off. I also did it a little bit when I was in junior high, very briefly.
0: And, and so, quit for real. Your teacher was starting with something early, something easy. So it's like you can kind of get the hang of it. And you're like, yeah, this is dumb. There was
1: actually a moment where I realized I had been doing lessons for, I don't know, at least a few months. And I realized that I had learned sheet music wrong. I was (laughs) looking at where the stem of the note was instead of the actual note itself. And when that, Wow! Clicked in my brain. It was like one of those things. It's too late for me to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to read music, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Is that? Sorry, is there, is a there chicken there out chicken there? Yeah, false the <laughs> <those laughs> right
0: <now>. <laughs> chicken
1: yeah. right outside the window.
0: <laughs> don't pay Don't pay it Anyway, to yeah, don't give. Don't encourage it. Aside, yeah. yeah.
1: I realized I was reading music wrong, and I felt shame for that.
0: Is that when you gave up officially? <laughs> Not exactly. I
1: think <laughs> I still kept going after that, but.
0: Uh, but you were sur- discouraged I was uh, discouraged okay so <laughs> that's actually fascinating that you've come this far uh, from yeah. not knowing how I to read notes I still don't know how to read music you exactly. just play it
1: intuitively if I saw an image of a note I could tell you what it is but as far as reading and playing simultaneously
0: <sighs> I can't do that either neither of you can read no. music well like uh, in play play for like from sheet music right no. okay so Jordan let's hear your side of it You you took piano lessons as well
2: yeah what what grade i was probably the same age i was about 10 or 11 years old or something
0: and your piano teacher unlike, like you know connor's could see okay this kid doesn't know how to read music uh let's start it with mary had a little lamb i don't think uh,
1: to my credit i don't, wasn't that didn't make me a worse piano player and just made me bad at reading music
0: fair enough okay and then <laughs> your piano teacher says let's start you with what
2: I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what pieces I was playing or anything.
0: But you got the classical music at some point. Enough that you were like, I don't like this type of music.
2: Yeah, it just wasn't very interesting to me. Okay. Like, I I think that if I would have been learning stuff, you know, relevant to what I like to listen to, I probably would have stuck with it. And I think Connor and I both regret not sticking with it now looking back on it. I'll
1: say for me and this is something that we also have in common. I'm a big fan of in high school, I started getting big into Ben Folds. Right. You know, Jordan's a big Ben Folds fan. And then when I saw him play piano, I was like, that's cool. I well,
3: bet he could read the notes. Have quit. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'm, that's one something I'm curious about. So what was the music that was formative for you at that point? Because you knew enough to say, I don't like classical music. What was cool music to you when you were a kid even? Because you, you must have had a pretty good yeah. ear for music, even if playing it wasn't really working out.
1: I, I think after I got through like my junior high emo Eminem mm. phase did you try rapping I, was in, I didn't try rapping but like when i was in 7th 8th grade i listened to a lot of that and hollywood undead and things like that that i'm still waiting for ben's rap
0: phase to end
1: <laughs> um but after i got through that then i got more into like i mentioned ben folds and other Piano Pop, Jukebox, The Ghosts was a, one of the first bands that I really loved. And I was more into the piano rock side for some reason. I don't know why, but... Jordan, what about for you? Growing up, I
2: listened to a ton of like Green Day, Blink-182, Cake, Weezer, Ben Folds. oasis
0: you can can hear some of those influences definitely in the current album
2: yeah and i definitely i inherited a lot of those bands from my dad which is kind of cool because now i'm like entirely his source for new music like all these new younger bands that he would never have heard of that's
1: that's the difference because i never i mean my dad listened to music but there was never anything where i was like this is awesome Usually, I, would, I tried to distance myself
0: from that. What does your dad listen if to? What did he listen to? or what does Blues. He,
1: he, yeah, he likes blues. He likes Dave Matthews' band. Um, I think blues
0: seems like you can maybe draw Johnson, some comparisons some to music, though. Do you think blu- listening to blues influenced you? No. No? <laughs> no. You guys don't like the blues? Okay. I, don't, I, don't I don't
2: dislike the blues, but I don't think... I don't think it has any influence on <laughs> okay. we or, or my whole family or any would comparisons like
1: to our music. exile my dad if he would if we'd be in a car and he'd be like I want to listen to Kenny Wayne Shepherd and everyone would be like no
0: <laughs> Do you have authority in the family now as uh, something of a musician yourself?
1: I guess so. I don't I'm tr- I'm trying to think of how I can start to recommend my parents' more music cuz I have sent my dad videos before like i'll watch an npr tiny desk video and i'll be like oh i think my dad would like this and i'll send it to him and he'll just say like we'll check it out (laughs) and then i don't know if he ever does
0: (laughs) yeah well so jordan your dad was very different in terms of music yeah and so was is he musical in the sense that he plays instruments no so okay so both of you are sort of like the first one you're both from smaller towns yeah uh surely coming from a small town even Did you guys both go to high school in your towns? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, for you, when you were in high school, was it starting to become an interest for you to actually play music and be in bands? So I quit piano lessons when I was 11 years
2: old, and then from there I just kind of taught myself. So if there's any songs I really liked that were really heavy on the piano, I would learn how to play those. What are some of the ones you learned? Uh, one of them is uh, there's an Abbey Road version of The Killers' Samstown. Sam's Town. Which it's really nice and elaborate, and I learned that it's a lot of fun, and there's a whole lot of others. But uh, I played sports all throughout high school, and I didn't even pick up the guitar, which is my primary instrument now, until after I graduated high school.
1: So,
0: so it took college. You guys were like, okay, you're gonna go to college, and you at UNO. uh you're going to the big city now. Do you still want to be, you're like, I'll get a science degree? Uh, I'm going to be no, a scientist? I, no, I'm okay.
1: studying graphic design, which is actually how I know Ben been here. Uh, Not from rap well, uh, battles? No. We were oh. both on the same sports logo message board that <laughs> I, I was on when I was 12. It was very frowned upon to be a 12-year-old on there, but I didn't let people know that. But <laughs> I, my senior year of high school, I started – I got a bass guitar and I started, I wouldn't say that I learned bass, but (laughs) I would hear a song and then figure out how to play a bass line for it. Did you
0: buy this bass guitar? I bought it. Okay, so where'd that impulse come from?
1: I I had a few acoustic guitars that I tried to learn on and I never learned chords, even though just like a few months ago. I taught myself basic chords in like one day. It's very easy to learn the basic chords, but I couldn't do that when I was in high school. I just learned like very simple riffs like uh, Day Tripper by The Beatles. It's just one note at a time and I could look at the tab and play it. And so based on that logic, I got a bass because I'm like, that's just one note and I can read the tab and figure out what it is.
0: Were you singing at that point? No okay so let's get the parallel story jordan where were you did you finish high school were you singing were you doing anything musical at that point once i learned guitar after i
2: graduated high school i just became obsessed with trying to write songs and once i had like you know 50 songs that i thought were awesome i tried to find people you wrote 50 songs songs? I mean, a song could be four minutes long, or it could be like a one-minute idea of a song. You know, but still,
0: though. I mean, so you you had sort of like that uh, perseverance that, like, it doesn't have to be great, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sort of was that your attitude, or where were, did you think they were all like amazing, or where were you? Uh, <laughs> Some were
2: better than others.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, it's just like I think with anything, you kind of just have to mess it all up a bunch of times until you get better at For it. Sure. Was it like that? You played sports. What sport did you play? I played baseball and football. And so. Do you think it's like the same sort of work ethic you were putting into sports that you were putting into music now?
2: I did not put any work into sports. I just <laughs> no? went no. to
0: practice and went to the games. I didn't do anything outside of that. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I feel like the, the analogy with anything creative to some extent is it's not like you even if you're talented you can like learn how to make anything good until you just go out and do something bad a bunch of times. And so I always think it's the same way with a lot of sports where it's like, You're not going to know how to play the game even until you play, until you do a bunch of practices and you're bad at it for a while. But so it's like when you were writing the songs, how did you even know how to write a song? Were you just like, this
1: seems I I would like to interject on that because I always think about how there's no reason. There's no logical reason for me to have thought that I could be in a band. I just wanted to. So I didn't like try it and think, oh, this is fun or try it and fail when I practice when I met (laughs)
2: Connor He could not play the piano and sing at the same time and he could not uh, He he never even had written a full song He like when when I first met him, he sent me like a, a clip of just him singing and then You know now he's written some of like my favorite songs. It's crazy. Honestly,
0: yeah. How'd that happen? What'd you do? Uh,
1: Well, I started with GarageBand, and before that, technology <laughs> makes it very easy.
0: I think every, every music snob in the world just uh, got their insults against GarageBand invalidated. If that's, if that's yeah. where you well, started, and you're saying, this is I, how I got good. I do remember it in high school,
1: on. there was some free site that was the same principle you could click where you wanted notes to go and it would play them but it was just kind of one track very like eight bit sounding so that was kind of the very first time i like wrote a melody and then okay. saw it play out and so and it's, it's
0: that's kind of like closer to piano in that sense yeah okay
1: and so then i started messing with garage band and realized that i at the time i didn't have to know how to actually perform it i could just write it out piece by piece and then make a larger composition without having to, you know, actually be able to play it. So I think there's also in this, in the technology age, there's a lot of, you might hear bedroom pop or things related to that. What? Okay, I don't know Do what you that know in bedroom now. pop? It's just essentially people that make music in their bedrooms. They don't have a band, but you can, you know, program drums and play an instrument and then okay. release music regardless of maybe you don't have any talent. Like, I had no talent playing the songs, but I could
0: write it. So
1: so how, how
0: though? <laughs> how did you know how to write the songs? I, I bet I a lot of know. it,
2: when in terms of, like, uh, music theory, you know, if you're playing something that's so out, outside of music theory, it's not going to sound good. It's just not. But I'm guessing a lot of that came with trial and error.
1: Yeah, and to go back to my bass guitar, that was the first time I... Started to be able to piece together how songs worked because I would hear a chord. I didn't at the time. I didn't know what even a chord was, but is that true? Is that real? That's true. I didn't. I probably had heard the word chord, but I didn't understand what it was. But I would hear a song, and then I would in my head I would be able to figure out what the bass line is or what I thought should be based on the root notes. Again, I didn't know what a root note was either, but.
0: So what are you listening to at that point that's sort of teaching you, informing you how to do this?
1: Everything. I don't don't know if there's anything specifically that really set that off, but I would just more and more, the more music I started to hear, I would pick up on it. So I don't know. So it is largely intuitive for you then? Yeah.
0: Okay. And Jordan, you, on the other hand, what sort of like, what was informing the songs that you were writing and sort of how you were? Uh, Judging yourself or pushing yourself along I bet a lot
2: of the first songs That I ever wrote were me Ripping off other songs
0: I think that's normal as opposed to whatever he's doing (laughs) I'm not going to
1: say I wasn't ripping off But I probably was Subconsciously I, I didn't know that
3: yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, the fact that it was even subconscious, though, I feel like is a little bit different. I feel like everybody yeah. sort of starts with like, I like this song or I like this thing. I want yeah. to make something kind of like that, but a little bit more with my spin on it or I right. just don't know how to make it as good as that. So what, so what were you ripping off at that point, Jordan?
2: All of the bands that I listed earlier. <laughs> okay,
0: it's, Okay, so you just wrote song after song for song for song? And right. Were you performing any of them at that point?
2: No, I just had like... A couple hundred voice memos on my phone. Me trying to write f- songs on the piano or guitar.
0: Were you sharing that with anybody? Usually, no. Okay, so it's just
2: for you. Connor and I would send stuff back and forth. I suppose once we started writing, but
0: so let's hear. Okay, so that story. You were just. Were you both actually posting on Craigslist saying looking for somebody to play music with, someone to start a band with? I probably had made several posts. To no avail before
1: Connor and I met. Yeah, and i th- I can't remember if I made one before Jordan and I met, but I had also been on Craigslist and I th- had no success because people
0: are weird. Uh, yeah, did weird people contact you? Well, the
1: problem was that I wasn't. I probably wasn't specific in my first ad, just like looking to start a band, and then you get. Everyone, it's like the floodgates are open. Like, oh,
2: Connor, Connor there. met up with a guy, and the guy almost stabbed him.
0: Tell me, tell me that story. What happened?
2: That's
1: that's a lie. It's not true. That's not true. But we did just do a phone interview where Jordan said, "Like, yeah, I got attacked by somebody on Craigslist," and they put it in the article. <laughs> it's not true, though. No, we're, we're, we'll be we'll be honest
2: with you, but we think it's no funny <laughs> but to like, I, lie to people. So then who... I
1: made an ad that was very specific about. What the type of band I wanted to make, the type of music I wanted to make, and the type of person generally. I tried not to be ageist, but I'm like, I kind of want somebody around my age because I'm. As opposed to older? Yeah. Okay. Because I was 18 and I'm like, I don't want anyone, you know, 45 year old, lives at home, plays heavy metal because we would get responses like that. I got, I saved so many. Of the responses i got but i also got one that was like looking to make country pop a la florida georgia line where nothing in my ad alluded to that at all how broad was your ad it
2: was
0: just literally looking to start a band it was
2: like it was so specific it was he told like a general age he listed probably like 25 bands that he wanted to make music similar to who was on that list uh, probably. I can make it here. I'll, I'll take care of this. Ben Folds, <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie, Vampire Weekend, Jukebox the Ghost. Tally Hall was on there. I remember that because I was so surprised by it. Um, hmm.
1: I, I did look at the, the ad recently cause I still, I like saved the text somewhere and I don't fully stand behind <laughs> every single <laughs>
0: band I listed at that time, but yeah,
1: a lot of what he just said
0: would would be it. And so he responds to you. What makes Jordan stand out as opposed to weird country guy or the one who pre- pretend stabbed you? Be- because he acknowledged basically what
1: I was saying. So it was like everyone else had felt like they didn't read the ad. <laughs> But he basically said, like, I can't believe we have so much in, so much of these bands in common. And he's like, I'm not 45. Not I, I live. This is another fun fact is that we lived very close to each other in Maverick Village at UNO. We lived like a couple buildings apart, but had never met. And I don't know if he mentioned that right away, but well, he said he was a UNO student. I'm like, OK, another young guy. That's good. There was all, there was also another guy who's like oh, so
2: you're not so you're against non
1: traditional uh, students. Yeah, I am. Just give up. <laughs> there no there was another guy who was also like oh, I live in Omaha three months out of the year nine months I'm in Las Vegas. So cool.
0: Want to be a fan? <laughs> no. Great. <laughs> well, were, were either of you tempted to get out of Omaha in that sense? Though I mean, obviously. Most of the entertainment hubs anywhere, like the art hubs, are not on you know the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. Were what made you guys stay in Omaha? School. Yeah. What were you studying, Jordan?
2: I studied management, information systems, and computer science. Was (sighs) there ever fell asleep in the middle of that sentence? Yeah. (laughs) Was there any temptation to study music officially, formally? No, because I wasn't serious about it until maybe like Mm -hmm. my sophomore year of college. I
1: I did look into you know just filling some credits trying to do like a piano class on the side but there was some caveat with that yeah you have to be a
2: music major or well, piano well yeah major. and there was
1: like you have to be part of an ensemble and like practice w- with a group like once a week or something that didn't work out but
0: <laughs> it's just not the kind of commitment you were looking for no okay well so you guys meet and how do you start to develop a rhythm with the two of you and sort of like creatively figuring out how do we make this work what do we find that's a voice that we both like and developing everything
1: i don't think that we made any attempt to find a unified voice it was just kind of like here are my songs
2: and here are my songs songs. (laughs) it's it's our
0: (laughs) song now what's that process though
2: i think i think uh when we first started though like we we tried to become friends before we Wanted yeah. to write songs together because that was, uh, that was also like, part of my. That was ad part of the post like that. I was for like, a friend
0: slash band member. <laughs> I am so lonely. You <laughs> does that to you?
1: But yeah, I also said I would like to be friends with the people in my band because it's gonna suck if we're gonna just meet up for practice once a week and then that's you, it. Then you just leave and and I don't like being around you. That would suck. So.
2: I think over the summers though um when we first started kind of actually working on music Connor taught me how to use GarageBand cuz I didn't have a have a Mac to use uh, yeah. so he taught me how to do that and we probably recorded a bunch of like was the covers producer? a bunch of covers of our some like some of our favorite songs we, Oh, yeah. go ahead
1: we did a few just short covers in Band and maybe one or two original songs. Just put them on SoundCloud. I don't think they're still up anywhere.
2: Actually, Bluebird was probably one of the earliest demos. And was that used somewhere? That was in, in Green on Green. That yeah. yeah. was in Green on Green. It was.
0: I, I really like that song. S- yeah. So yeah. as
1: it is in the movie is basically how it was the first time that I wrote it actually it, it. it
2: went it went through some iterations because it the, <coughs> the first two verses or like the, the first 45 seconds
1: of it's the same yeah. but i wrote the chorus Jordan of it and then to it. added guitars and stuff i'm just thinking of the piano yeah we we like to use the term bloop or bloopy to refer to you know writing with a synthetic instrument like a piano that when, if you, can you can obviously tell, tell, that, tell that it's <laughs> that oh, not okay. real yeah
2: bloopy it's
1: like it's very in a it's very for me. How, how do you oh do you? the piano in the song bluebird sounds very bloopy okay
2: so connor when he was first composing on uh garage band these songs that he would send me they would sound good but he didn't have like a midi keyboard so every single note was like manufactured and engineered (laughs) so perfectly so that it sounded Mm -hmm, bloopy (laughs) it just sounded too perfect also i I used
1: a lot of piano which is the worst instrument to try to replicate like if you use some different synths it doesn't really matter if you're actually playing it but piano there was a noticeable difference
0: and then on your soundcloud i think there's a can't Help Falling in Love cover on there as well. Is that from the early yes. days? What's that one?
1: That was on our first quote album. It was, we released an album of nine demos.
2: Called Miss Connections, Connections. Also a Craigslist. Allusion to. Reference. Craigslist
1: Aww. roots. Um, yeah. So that was on there. Um I don't know why. I think that was Jordan's idea too. I wanted to take like a
2: cute a, love song and put it in a minor key so it sounded creepy, and we
0: did. And it is very creepy. Thank you. It's good. I mean, it's honestly the fact <laughs> that you, you. changed that so substantially probably makes it better than most people yeah. who actually do like a normal cover. Yeah, because really. there's ten million covers of that. We song. we
1: both kind of agree that if you're gonna do a cover like make it sound a little different make it different somehow don't just sing like, the song
2: i'm not saying like you have to completely change it like that to you know you sometimes you want to just stay true to the song itself if it's that good but i feel like if we're gonna make a cover we're gonna we're gonna really do it
0: yeah. i think one of the best covers ever is uh all along the watchtower jimmy hendrix version is so much better than the bob dylan one See, I
1: just learned that was a Bob Dylan song, like, last year. Have you
0: listened to the Bob Dylan version?
1: I don't think so. I don't care to.
0: You don't like Bob Dylan?
1: <laughs> He's fine.
0: He's fine? All right, Jordan, what do you think? Don't care? No I'm not going to no discredit comment. his influence <laughs>
1: or anything, but, like, I'm a Beatles guy. Don't make me, do my, that. Don't make me do my Bob Dylan impression. Oh, I'm, I'm now I want no to I hear your Bob. Can you do it for I, me, I don't have anything to... The best Bob Dylan impression is in the Dewey Cox movie yeah. where he's royal jelly
0: <laughs> royal jelly that's it that, that is a hilarious part of it. <laughs> I love when the, the bandmates that was
1: uh, a good impression of his impression of Randy Newman <laughs> my Bob Dylan also sounds like Randy Newman if I'm not too careful do you like Randy Newman I don't know any Randy Newman Short I, think, people? I think Randy Newman <laughs> as like a person
2: is funny just like as a concept,
3: I know you <laughs> just got a friend. In at me. Him.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, when
1: I hear, I don't completely know what Randy Newman looks like, but when I hear his name, I picture Newman from Seinfeld, and
0: it works. It's not drastically different, <laughs> I don't honestly. I think you're pretty close. <laughs> like he's got glasses, he's kind of it's normal looking dude, a little heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a. <laughs> it's just Newman. He knocked it out I of guess. the park. <laughs> Intuitively, you can play music and tell what Randy Newman looks well, like.
1: Maybe they named Newman the after and Andy Newman. <laughs> it's like oh, that's that's
0: probably true. That's a question we should send to Jerry Seinfeld or Larry I'll David at him. some point. Okay, so okay, so you guys start to play, you, you become friends. First of all, that worked out okay. You didn't uh, have any rocky patches. We were like, I don't know if I like no. this guy.
1: We didn't. We didn't live together. So what I can like... say
2: is that we've lived together for like the last two and a half years now. Like we've moved a couple times, but we've been roommates for a while now.
0: And that was part of the commitment of like, we're going to figure out how to make this thing work. No, that was just, we're friends now.
1: So that's how far it's come. Well, for me, it was strictly business, but, (laughs) Oh, I don't, we don't talk to each other before, after band
0: practice. Even though you live together, you you go to your separate rooms. uh...
2: I have tape.
3: (laughs) I have tape dividing the living room.
0: (laughs) So, okay so that first album missed connections what's the story of that how did it come together
1: we just after we kind of got past the experimentation phase of figuring out how how to write songs and we felt like we were ready to get some stuff down on paper so to speak
0: did you have the band name at that point yeah what's the story of that zebos
2: what's the what's a zebo it's really nothing. It's whatever you it, it want it to It doesn't mean be. anything. We just kind of like the name.
1: it truthfully derived from Gazebo, which a lot of people guess. We were just talking about Gazebos. And one of us referred to a Gazebo as a zebo. And I was like, that's a cool band name. We <laughs> and should then be where did, the
0: Z-bos. You thought the Zeebos was a little too simple. You had to complicate it a little bit more. So you had real in there. <sighs> Is this a, do you not want to tell this story? There
2: is another band
0: <laughs> online called The Zebos. Really? Okay.
2: Yes. It's an elderly man and his wife, and they make country gospel music.
0: Couldn't you just wait them out? How much longer are they going to last? That's anymore? what we That's, thought.
2: We considered that, but we <laughs> uploaded our music to Spotify for the first time, and it went under their page, <laughs> even though we I think yeah. we requested it to be separate. And then we were like, "That's
3: so, it! We're, we're changing done. it."
2: So we we added real, like we're the real Zebos, the fake Zebos, to to and, spite yeah. them. And by by doing that, I felt was the most Zebos thing yeah. we could do because that's kind <laughs> kind of our thing. Spite.
1: We did try to contact them. I think we emailed them, probably messaged them. They had an Instagram page that's probably ran by one of their nieces. I don't think that they get on the
0: internet much, so. Th- we, we, your plan was to nicely ask them to change the name of their gospel band.
1: I don't know if we were going to ask them to change. I don't remember. I, I think kinda I kinda asked ballsy, them if we
2: could have the username.
1: Yeah. The, at the <laughs> I think we were kind of like, all right, we're going to love with you. You guys aren't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can we still perform, the
2: album. You can perform as the Zeebo's. No bangers. Not <laughs> one.
1: You can play. Uh, what's one of their songs?
2: They have my one country tis of thee they have one <laughs> song that has like the exact same melody as this land is your land oh, and when I I'm heard it about. I was
0: pissed it's
1: probably just like an old standard I don't know if they had any originals
0: it could be yeah I was just looking this up I was wondering if I could find them how do I find the zebos I want to hear Google image the zebos nice. The Zebos yeah. band is Or
1: I think them. their last name is also oh, I see oh. Zebowski or Zabowski. Coming
0: Home, is that one of their uh, <laughs> Yes, it is. This is them, the guy with the mustache. Unforgettable. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we
1: have that we have their photo taped or it's pinned <laughs> on a
0: a corkboard.
3: <laughs>
1: I did a video for some class at UNO. I think it was for a class, maybe not, but it was like uh we got a one-star iTunes review from someone whose account was Zebo Hater. So it was obviously targeting us, and I made a short video that's like, we're searching for Zebo Hater. So it's like a cork board with all these people who are suspects, and I think the they're board, on there.
2: The cork board was separate from the video, but it worked well for the video yeah. too. Here, I'm gonna play a little I bit of I spent like, like stuff. five I'm hours yeah. on that. Crank it.
0: Yeah, I can see there's some dissonance between what you like guys I feel like I'm do.
1: watching a commercial for family-owned farms,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> organic I, produce.
0: I, you know, there is something funny about the idea that your songs would just be in the middle of the playlist of all their songs, <laughs> so whatever the Zebos, uh, the fake Zebos fan base is expecting yeah. to hear, then they get your stuff in the middle of it, and they're like, whoa, what? I really tried something different with that one. What fan base?
1: I've seen that happen for other artists, though, where they... We'll just have one song and I'll, I'll be like, oh, this song's cool. And I'll click on their name. And then the other one will be like in a different language and obviously a different artist, but they just don't know. They're on the
0: same page. So i to be like, wow, so the, the Zabowski's really, uh, really felt ambitious this week. <laughs> Huge change in direction. for them. <laughs> so the first album, was it meant, I mean, it was meant to just sort of like establish kind of a tone for you guys. Or what was the ambition yeah. with that one? We just wanted some music out. Yeah. We just wanted we thought we had these cool songs
2: and we just wanted someone to hear them.
0: Are any songs on the new album stuff that originated with that old yes. album? Yes. Which like ones? Four of them. There's mm-hmm. Luck, there's It's
2: Not You It's Me, Me It's Me You. <laughs> Black Kettle. Black Kettle and Rockstar
0: Skinny. Could I trapped? Could I convince you guys to play a little bit of any of those ones in the current iteration, the almost finished iteration um, anyway? No. No. Um, What ones did
1: we just say? Oh,
0: no. No? Okay. (laughs) Can we listen to the old demo versions? No. No? Okay,
2: fine. We we took them off most streaming services for a good reason, and that reason is they sound bad.
1: Well, you you did play Rockstar Skinny at the top of the show, so that one is very close to the finished product, I'd say.
0: What are you still doing with them at this point? They're being mixed. Yeah. Just by. little things that don't sound perfect.
2: So we will we'll make a couple pages of notes on each song and send them back to the producer, and he'll you know try to edit them as best as he can.
0: Okay. Yeah. So all right, I'm getting, <laughs> jumping too far ahead. So first album comes out. Were you guys playing? Were you like doing uh, any concerts? Not or trying to once. Go out, no, not at all. Just okay. So it's just out there. Yeah. To say it's out there, to say you have a band. Yeah. Here's what it is. Okay. Then what's next?
2: Sifting. Uh, What's yeah. sifting? Yeah. We took t- We took to Craigslist again to find more members, namely a drummer. And yeah. we it took us like f- two and a half three years to flyers, find a drummer. We also made some flyers,
1: put some flyers around campus like it was the 80s or something. Nobody bit on those.
2: <laughs> yeah, we didn't get permission, so they got taken down pretty quick. Like We just like, we hung them up in the lot. library.
1: Yeah. And like, ooh, it's gone. And so that didn't work out, and then more Craigslist, and that continued for a while. We also then put out a four-song EP after that.
0: What was that called? That was called the
1: Real EP.
0: Ooh, okay, appropriate.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And yeah. so you you got a drummer, I assume,
2: right? We now it. we do, but at this point, when we put out those four songs, we there were
1: there before. was still more waiting after that. So we put out that EP
3: and in you weren't de- playing shows or going December, December
1: twenty sixteen and it was it was almost a year later before we found a drummer.
0: Do you think it might have been easier if you'd gone out and tried to do shows and like were you trying to gain Maybe. a following or was it just literally there trying was, to make good music?
1: There was a time when I think we considered playing shows with just a backing track, which many solo artists do um that would have been possible but i don't know i just don't think we wanted to like debut that way because then maybe people think that that's your aesthetic when it's not necessarily a stylistic choice it's just this is is what we have to do so we wanted a full band
0: i feel like so much music and You know, even with Ben and I make movies, it's like this is what we have. It is is the way it gets presented to a certain extent. Because even even when you think you have everything you need, you're still missing something that you would like to have. And that the
1: struggle for us for a long time was like we had all these demos and to us we can hear this the demo and picture and, and know that it's a good song and picture what it's supposed to sound like. But to someone that maybe doesn't come from a musical background, they'll hear it and think oh, this song is bad because it sounds poorly recorded. Sure. And that's they're a bad band. So then that's the main reason we took everything off because we don't want that to happen.
0: And so when did you get the drummer? When did that happen?
1: October 27, seventeen.
0: And yeah. was did you not play a live show until then? We didn't play our first live show until January 2018. Really? Yeah. Okay. So was that... What was the first live show?
2: It was at the Down Under Lounge with Nick Vaughn and Blindheart.
0: And how long was the show that you're, well, how long were you guys playing this for? It was at 5
1: p.m.
2: It was a 5 p.m. <laughs> show because the band that closed the show, they were like in, in high, high school, school. So, oh boy. The only way they could get their friends to come is if it was like an all ages show that started at 5 p.m. Yeah.
1: Have you been to the Down Under before?
0: I don't know if I've actually been in. Like I've been to be around it a little bit. Side door. Apparently. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not hip enough to like have that no, many stories about that's that. Okay,
1: it's very small, and it being our first show, you know, there are a lot of friends and family that knew that we were making music for a while. But then, it being our first show as a band, we had a good crowd there. I think and we sold out. the The regulars at this tiny bar of more like what's going on were, like there's so were, many people yeah, yeah they're blown they're like, away
2: they're like well, the high school <laughs> kids didn't bring in this crowd also it may be unrelated but the band that played after us it was their show but we were just playing on it the band that played after us they broke up after the show and we think Bad it's luck. probably because they saw us and they were like what are we doing what are we doing?
0: <laughs> was there a lot of pressure on you guys for the first uh, you know, show in front of people? I was so nervous. Jordan I, didn't I, eat for four days. I couldn't eat. No, is that true? Four days? No.
1: Probably like, we, probably like three a days? day. We were both very sick in the weeks preceding. I know that I was sick. The show was on like January 14th or something, and I was sick from like Christmas until then. Same. Well, but <laughs> December 12th, actually.
0: <laughs> you guys seem like you were not especially concerned with sort of that external validation of everyone loving everything you did necessarily. Cause you both Wrong. seem like perfectionists <laughs> enough though. Like you spent so long working on the music to make sure that it was good enough before you went out and did it. Right. Were you really that worried that it wasn't going to go over well?
2: It's just so hard to know. Um, When you, when you, when it's, when it's, when you've been stuck with it yourself this whole time, you might think like, wow, this sounds great. Or this is, cool, we're doing something cool, but until you're playing with these other bands and you see them perform and then you see yourself perform alongside them, you're like, oh, we can kind of hold our own.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, was it something where you are holding yourself to the standard of something you know huge like the Beatles or something, then you maybe go to another local show and you're like, ah, these guys kind of suck. Like, we we can do better than that.
1: Yeah, I...
2: I'm not going to denounce or I'm not going to call out
0: any local band you don't have to specifically tell (laughs) the high schoolers that they suck but uh (laughs)
1: well without even like talking about the local scene a big reason for me to start writing music is i would hear a song that i didn't like right and i would think i could do that
0: (laughs) yeah there's there's something very inspiring about bad art I think every time <laughs> like you, that's popular. Yeah, so I could,
1: yes. growing up in small towns, we were exposed to a lot of country music. I feel like I was exposed to more. I think that I could sing along to every country hit from 2000 to 2009, probably <laughs> almost but, a decade. Yeah. And I just, as I got older, I started really realizing how much it sucks <laughs> not to disparage country music but pop country in particular arena, country. the Luke Bryans and the, in the Florida Georgia lines of the world.
0: And you like, <laughs> you know enough about music to know what exactly it is that they're doing and what you don't like about and, that. Yeah, and To know like you guys are such posers. <laughs> and so, I mean, what songs did you play at that show?
1: Uh, we played a good handful of songs from Miss Connections and, There were a few that we have had not and still have not released that we played at that show, so it's kind of a mixture. I don't know if we did and did we do any covers at that show? Sweater Song by Weezer. We covered Sweater
2: Song by Weezer, and also a mashup of Britney Spears' Toxic and Cigarette Daydreams by Cage the Elephant. Interesting. Heck Yeah. yeah!
0: So what's the what's it look like? I mean, are you playing guitar and singing? Are you just playing guitar? How do you? What's the actual setup with the, the instruments?
2: So I play guitar and sometimes I have, a, I have a little synthesizer in front of me, I sometimes do that too. And then I sing and
1: Connor. And I play keys. I have 88 key keyboard, it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> and in the future I would maybe like to downsize. But I have to be sideways on the stage because it's so long. Because if I was this way I would take up the entire stage so I have that and then a very small midi keyboard. It's really two extremes. My midi keyboard is <laughs> way. It's too hilarious. Small, too. <laughs> it's like the baby of the large synth. Um, so I have that going on. And then we have another guitarist whom we haven't mentioned yet. Jake Strange. Jake, Jake Strange is the nicest is the person, nicest on person Earth.
2: you will ever meet. He's very concerned for your well-being at all times. He will shake your hand.
1: Um, we have the
0: bassist and a drummer, so five of us. Who are the and, other? Yeah, what are the names of the other band members?
1: We prefer not to let their identities be known. <laughs> the bassist, no free rides. The bassist.
2: Um, okay, so all five of us. We met everyone on Craigslist, right? Connor and I met two years later, or so. Three years later, we met the drummer, and then once we clicked with the drummer, we were like, "Yo, this is real." We're like, let's let's get some other guys. What's the drummer's name?
1: His name is Les Ron and he Les Ron Les Ron okay it's R-A-H-N he doesn't have two first names which <laughs> it sounds like he does and his full name is Leslie Leslie Ron whoa Leslie Call sorry out. Sorry if you didn't want exposed. that. You know, yeah,
0: they they need to come up with names like Slash if they don't want me to say their names <laughs> well, on the show. Well, we
1: have Jake Strange, which is already... That's a rock it's and a, it's and a roll good name. I was wondering, but I didn't want and to. He that's real. To actually attention. used to be in a band with a guy named Ben Havoc. It was called Strange Havoc.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty good one. It's cool. I don't.
1: I don't think Ben Havoc is his real name, but. Jake Strange is his real
0: name. Okay, and there's one other person in the band that we haven't mentioned, George Cooper. George so we had Edward Les. Harder Cooper. Sounds
1: like a serial killer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we had less in the band, and then we got Jake in practicing with us pretty much immediately, because uh, met him on Craigslist, and then George, our bassist, he like messaged us on Facebook because. He knew me. I lived in the same building as George. Never met him, though. He messaged us and asked if we needed the bassist because he saw our ads on Craigslist. But this was
1: a couple years prior before we had a drummer. Yeah. And so we had to say, like... Thanks, but kind of need a drum. Kind of want a drummer before we have a basis. We we
2: basically ignored him and oh. just like he, he, brings, he brings it up all the time. We shrugged, shrugged it, <laughs> shrugged it off, and then like a year later, like so a message like, "Hey, you guys still need a basis?" One year later, I was like, "Hey, you still looking for a band?" <laughs> and he's like, "On my way." <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, "I'm in my car now."
0: <laughs> so they were all there in the live show.
2: Yeah, did it go well? It went honestly as well as it could have.
0: I
1: don't think there were, I can't recall any major flubs, which is strange. Like since we've played some shows where we had, you know, a few errors here and there. But honestly, at the first show, I don't. Maybe that's just my fault. Your ego. (laughs) Like, yeah, there we were at Madison Square Garden, I think. (laughs) And everyone loved
0: us. well but no it did it did go really well did it change your approach to playing shows since there were no major flubs nothing went terribly wrong we were like yeah we can do this or are you still I sick the well, next time?
1: after the first show i think we all got a lot more comfortable playing because we were all nervous and had never done it before i
2: can eat before shows now oh good yeah. oh, that's healthy yeah.
0: that's you know good uh, <coughs> good habit to develop so yeah. okay then how do you go from that to the development of this album um Strictly botanic.
1: Yeah, after our first show, we that was in January of last year, we played about twelve to fourteen shows following that in and around Omaha, because you know we just it was our first time. We're like we just gotta plug away at this. So we took pretty much every opportunity that came our way because we didn't know really the ecosystem of. How the local music scene works, I guess, and now we get show requests a lot from you know different bands, and we have to say no. Oh, we're you know taking a little bit of a break, but for a while we just didn't say no.
0: Well, and I'm we sure there's a lot. That's got to be exciting, right? It's like yeah, they it, it, was, it was very yeah. exciting. You want us for your show? Yeah. yeah. And
2: now it's like, of course you want us
1: <laughs> for your show. So we did we did that for a, a few months until like july or august when we kind of realized that there had to be a next step like we can play two shows a month forever
3: but nothing's gonna happen to the same
1: crowds in the same bars and it'll everything will stay as it is so we kind of realized we have to you know get a studio album done and be able to you know show that off to
0: wherever we go
1: and then we have to also play out of Omaha.
0: so. And so did you know all the songs you wanted to put on that album at that point? Or was there something specific you were trying to convey with that album? What was that like? Honestly,
2: it's just a collection. It's There's no cohesive themes. Okay. It's just a collection of the best songs that we had written yeah. and recorded.
1: Album three will be a concept album. Album Probably three is psychedelic a psychedelic album. Yeah, sure. that's right. Um. <laughs> but we pretty much decided like our first two albums is just going to be all the hot jams that we have because
2: we just have so many songs <laughs> we've been sitting on for mm-hmm. so long. Like it was just Connor and I. So we were like, yeah. ah, like that song has to go on. And we, it was mostly democratic uh, selecting the songs for this album among the five members of the band.
1: It, it was literally democratic. Well, cause we, we knew like a list of these are for sure on the album. And then we just had a few that, we're up in the air and we're like, all right, vote. There,
2: there was a couple <laughs> executive orders that Connor <laughs> yeah. and I had to do. Which ones were those? Uh, I think one of them was My Every Breath. and
1: um, I don't know. I know that may, I... I
2: think Roulette as a... Oh, yeah. never mind.
1: Ignore what be Cut that out. There's going to be a hidden track. It's, it's fine.
2: There's a hidden track on the album. So yeah. if you listen Ooh. to the 12th song, it's three minutes longer than it'll be listed as on the CD. Nice.
0: All right. Exclusive. Exclusive. Riverside Chats. Scoop. Um,
1: yeah. Other than that, it was basically Democratic and we all kind of had an idea of what songs definitely. Yeah, I, w- I would say on. eight
2: of the songs we were all like, yeah, it's going on for sure.
0: Well mm. that seems like the smart approach to do sort of like these are the best crowd pleasers we have right, as yeah. opposed to just going all like moody and we and we do feel like
1: we're in a good position to where we have too many songs to go on an album like I've heard I've talked with other musicians that have said like oh yeah we're working on our album we had to hurry up and write some more in the studio cuz we didn't have enough and I like I can't fathom. We also played a show with a band who played like nine, ten songs. And then there was an encore chant and they were just like,
0: those are all of our songs.
1: (laughs) We don't know anymore. And we're like, we'll go
2: back up (laughs) if you want us up there.
0: So how'd you get the studio all set up and everything to actually do this album?
2: Our drummer, Les,
0: he is a
2: music engineering student at Iowa Western. And he interned at Make Believe Studios in Omaha. And he, you know, he felt that they had the premier equipment and team yeah. to record our album and having it sound better than anywhere else in the Midwest. So we just we really just kind of went.
1: We walked in there once and looked around and we're like, yep, looks like a studio
2: <laughs> yeah. to me. Expensive <laughs> equipment.
1: Their uh, monitor in the studio was... Their board was used on Barney, the TV show. The exact
3: board. That's a true fact. I don't know what
0: what I'm supposed to take from that. I don't know either. (laughs) Well,
3: there's a reason that Barney sounds awesome,
0: (laughs) and it's that
2: console. Barney has
1: always been held in high regard for its level of sound quality. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll have to go back uh, and listen to it. It won 14 daytime Emmys for for sound sound editing.
2: Every year,
0: (laughs) (laughs) he couldn't dethrone Barney. Uh, Until they
2: got rid of the console, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) they've slipped since well and so how's that has the process of actually putting together a professional album been has it gone well have there been sort of hiccups with it or what's that been like
1: i would say the recording went really smooth uh prior to that you know we were doing everything ourselves, so it's like if jordan's recording guitar he'll have to hit record and then do it while he's got headphones in it's just not ideal but to go in and to be able to just step in and have someone else have an
2: audio engineer there like setting everything up and
1: and like all the headache is out of it that was great um but we it's different for us to send these songs now to a producer who is mixing them and we're not completely hands on ourselves because i think to our credit even if our demos weren't recorded well we mix them to the best of our ability and so to not be able to have 100 percent control of that is a little scary yeah because we're not used to that connor
2: and i are very detail oriented when we make our songs so every little instance you know that we we might hear something and be like if you could just kind of do this right there but yeah now we can't do that you know because we have to translate it via email at this at
1: this point most of the edits are probably not stuff that most people will bat an eye at, but it still is important for us to get it to sound exactly like we want. Was, I
0: mean, that seems very scary to me to sort of like to hand it off and hope that it's working out. Okay. Have, right. there, have there been things where it's like, you have to learn how to communicate with your producer about that in yeah. a way that's healthy. Like I'm sure that at some point there's like, at first there's probably that knee jerk reaction. Like he's messing it all up. It's destroyed. That Ruined was, the
1: song. That was exactly our reaction. The first time we got mixes, we, they just didn't sound exactly like we thought they would. And we were all like,
2: "This is like, do we really need to find someone else? <laughs>
1: but you know we've gone through a few rounds now and they're definitely getting to they're a getting good spot.
0: close is that just like communicating what your taste is essentially or what is yeah. the process of getting it right as far as like working with a producer
1: yeah i would say the first round all the songs had the same kind of common problems where like oh all the drums sound the same and we're like oh on this song we want the drums to sound a little more like this or on this song the vocals need to have this effect on them whereas the first time it was just kind of all across the board the same thing so just to make sure everything fits the song itself the way that we imagined it
0: did you guys send any mean emails at first or anything did you say mean emails yeah or uh, did you call? Did you go uh, storm ha- in? I
2: had a couple of calls and text messages. Yeah, And that's as far as we will go with that <laughs> subject matter.
0: Well, I, I don't mean to frame it as like you guys are terrible to work with. I mean, like I think there's just a learning curve there. Uh, yeah. And you guys you seem okay with it now. So I assume things aren't still maybe as tense as they might have been at first.
1: No. We were, Well, for a while we were in a crisis mode because... Um, As you may know, we had scheduled an album release show on February 23rd, just being optimistic, because we quit recording in November, and we're like, it'll be done by then. But we just didn't realize exactly how long the process would be from, they have to edit everything, and then um, when the producer can find time to work on it, so when that show was still in our mind as the album release show we were like this is not where it needs to be and we were like very i was very anxious every day and then when once we kind of we decided as a group like okay it's obviously not going to be ready and we can just breathe and do as many edits as we need to then that was like a huge weight off of all of our shoulders does
0: it have a release date right now
1: not officially But we're working on June on uh, nailing down a show and a a real album release show this time. And it actually was a blessing that the first one didn't work out because it was February 23rd was the biggest blizzard of the year. (laughs) And there were 11 people there.
2: (laughs) Both the opening bands dropped the show because they they just couldn't. They couldn't even get out of their neighborhood.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We we had tried earlier in the week. We were asking, like, what's the protocol for, you know, if there's this huge storm coming, and they just said the show must go on.
2: Like, okay. They gave a literal the show <laughs> must go on. That's <laughs> literally what they said.
1: And then when we got there, it was a different guy than the person we had communicated with, and he was like, well, it's up to you if <laughs> you guys want to do the show or not. The show we're doesn't like, have to go we're
2: on. We're here already.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? Did anyone show
2: up to it? 11 people. Yeah,
1: we had a handful of friends that came. We also did some
2: uh, quick uh, emergency guerrilla marketing by having the show become free. It was like $10 entry, but we made it free. And then I think a couple of the Real Zeebos were at the the next door bar and just said, hey, free show. And then they actually came. So
0: (laughs) cool. So the album, Strictly Platonic, it's going to come out hopefully this summer sometime is right. the plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? What's next? We
2: have a ton of out of – Grammys. Out of out of Omaha, yeah, <laughs> Omaha shows scheduled. So last week we played in Ames. That was our first non-Council yeah. Bluffs Iowa show. Uh, this Saturday we play in Iowa City. Next week we play in both Des Moines tour and Lawrence, Kansas. We're going all over.
0: We're taking over. <laughs> is that so? Is that the future? Then you're just going to go tour for a while, with the album do what it does, and then reassess. Yeah. Or so right now we're all in a place where we
2: can only do weekend stints mm-hmm. with work and school
1: and stuff. And so. honestly, we prefer that because you're likely to get a good crowd. We don't want to play in. Waterloo, Iowa, on a Thursday, <laughs> and five people show up.
0: Have you guys played in your hometowns? No, I no, I and I never can't will foresee that Aww. happening. The what? Only Why?
1: Bands that play in punk, <laughs> there's no be, venue there. It's like there's a bar. The, Go play at
0: a bar. It's uh, it's your hometown. No, they, well, would, wouldn't they all show we, up to support you? We, I don't think they we, would.
1: I think we probably will play in Sioux City and. If I were living in Ponca in a band, that's probably where Okay, you would so play. It's so close I, enough that the, yeah. the same
0: people might show up if anyone was going to.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Does your dad what? like Real Zebos music? I don't know. <laughs> you send him it, and he's like, I I'll, I'll check it out later. <laughs> my dad likes Real
1: Zeebo's music. <laughs>
2: uh, he comes to every single one of our shows. This is a call out to Mike like, Brand. I don't think my
1: dad dislikes us. I don't. I've given my parents a very long demo C D with like eighteen songs on it. I'm gonna assume that they've listened to it.
0: Hopefully they, <laughs> I not, they have like not have not heard
1: glowing reviews.
0: You haven't been tempted to just be like, Hey, uh so did you ever listen to that C D? <laughs>
1: Actually when we first released Misconnections, um that was before I mean my parents knew I was making music, but it wasn't like a big Big deal or anything, and then I was home after we released it. I don't know, a few weeks later or a month later, and I was like, "Huh?" Uh-huh. They're like, "Oh, we haven't got around to it yet." And I was like, "This is oh,
2: what I love to shit. do. <laughs> this is like the only
1: thing I do." Uh, Please well, listen. Can listen sometime. It's fine. But now it's. I, I think it's more of a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like anyone that's met me in the last two years, probably the only thing they know about me is that I'm in the real Zebos. Like anyone I meet at work, like, oh band guy, how's the band going? <laughs> for all they know, I'm an orphan with zero friends and I just have the band.
0: I you know, that's that's a pretty good story for a band member though. Yeah, I'm orphan, cool. have no friends. All I have is this band, and that's what I'm known for. I,
1: I did have no friends when I made the Craigslist ad, which is why I was you were like, on Craigslist, right? Yeah, I was like, please, somebody join my band. And I was like, I won't be your friend, well, but I will be in your
2: band,
0: I know, kid.
1: I know Ben went to UNO. Did you go to UNO? I did go to UNO, Did yeah. you live on campus? I did not,
0: no. Yeah. So, I, yeah, for me, it was definitely a lonely experience being there. Uh, I don't think I really made any friends at UNO the entire time I got two degrees from there and I don't really think I made a friend at all
1: I I did I ended up making friends later my freshman and sophomore year but when I did started the band thing I was like pretty much in my room a lot and so I'm wondering like if I made a lot of friends immediately (laughs) if I would have said fuck the band I got friends now. So it's a good thing that you're a loser. It's a good thing that I'm a loser. <laughs> and now and I'll be in a famous band and I'll have a million One friends. One million friends. And it'll all be worth it.
0: Well, is there anything else you guys want to plug? I think we I think we got a good conversation here. Is there anything I missed? I don't think so. Ben, do you have a question you want to throw out? Oh, as our oh, audience oh. Oh, oh. Ben here uh filmed
1: our Music video, which I am editing, and as of last night, I have most of it done. There's still a few parts that need to be tweaked. And that was luck, and right? It was for, for the, the song "Luck." I'll share it with you guys, but still, still under wraps. That's for just the a
2: little tease. Yeah. When's
0: that coming out?
1: We hope. The in song has to be done first.
0: Well, yeah, Okay, fair we, enough. We yeah. we
1: hope in April, I think it would be ideal so so keep keep your keep your uh nose to the our, ground
2: our producer right now is in florida with a data remember so
0: he has to find time for us well gotta gotta stay on it i'm sure that'll happen where can people find like if they want to follow all the updates where should they go
1: the real Zebos. T H E R E A L Z E B O S.
0: A friend of mine calls you guys the real Jeff Zabos. Uh, or Jeff, yeah, Jeff Zabos because you guys I've posted. Already, Jeff i already. I made that yeah.
1: joke on Twitter once where I posted a picture of him and I probably like photoshopped our logo on it and yeah. said
0: the real Bezos. Yeah, he. My friend thought that was hilarious. So that's I, what he calls. You I guys also
1: know. did the real. Tebow, it was Tim Tebow, I think, or maybe I said Tim Zebo. I don't know. <laughs>
3: but anyway, so <laughs> the real Zebo's uh, Facebook,
0: Twitter, is there, is there a website that people can go to?
1: There will be. So once the music video is done, I have been working on a website, and once that's done, it's it when will launch. Plan to launches the world wide web.
0: Therealzebos.com. That's what it will be. Yeah. Okay, it's, uh, it's it's strictly platonic. So
1: it's nice that. After we changed our name from the Zebos to the Real Zebos, we basically own that across all platforms.
0: Is the Zebos.com like,
1: that go to the Zabowskis? Probably. You know, we don't have to be like bands where it's fun. The band, you know, <laughs> that's true. Our name is
2: fun. Uh, or
0: that's actually what fun is. So I'm
2: going to both. The, the both Zeebos. big fans
1: of fun. Plug the, fun.
0: The Zebos.com is available if you want that one as well. The Zabowski's Too late. We don't want it. We don't want you it. You could anyway. revert. But I'm telling you, they're going to die. Probably
2: T- sooner rather than later. I, and then you I'm guys. T R Z is a cool acronym. So we'd like that. Easy uh, to chant. We'll probably like al- album four <laughs> will be just called
0: T R Z. So Man. you should do a bunch of. You should do a cover album of the Zebos. Take all their music, <laughs> and do it in your that, style. That
1: would actually be. That's a good idea.
0: <laughs> That'll be your self indulgent. I've been album.
1: talking about after we release this album, we should release. The real Zebos greatest hits a month later and it's just the same songs from the album. <laughs> or now that's what I call
0: Zebo's That's a great thing. I think thing. we're planning a kid's bop. Like <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, kids like
1: bop.
0: parody, like clean versions <laughs> or silly. Okay, yeah. I got a kid's bop question for you. Yeah. My I don't I've never listened to Kids Bop. My understanding of Kids that's Bop? Not, that's what a guy who listens to Kids Bop would <laughs> that's say. That's true. No, but I've heard one song only because it came up that it sounded like somebody else. But so I thought it was kids singing the songs. Is that not true? That's what it is. They're kids. They might be like there's 15 some, to 16. some that
2: are teens. They sound a lot but older But it's all
1: me. clean and not just like the big cuss words, like anything that's alluding to sex or drugs or anything like that, they have to make it clean, so... Make, makes for some hilarious songs
0: I got it, okay so the one I've heard it does not sound like a child to me so let me uh, let me play this, just a little bit Please. of this for you, and you guys can tell it me what's going on here adults
1: and they just pitch shift their voice to okay.
0: sound like children this is all the small things by Blink-182 where oh, yeah. the guy it's doesn't sound, like his voice is not drastically different from a kid listen to this though it
2: sounds like he's in his 50s
0: yeah What's going on there? What happened there? This
1: seems like a shit post.
0: No, that's Kids Bop.
1: Ultimate Kids Bop
0: fan. Well, I don't know. I somebody (laughs) shared that online because they thought they were like, What happened here? So hilarious. That's the equivalent of I hope it's fake. Alt right Kids Bop. (laughs) Because I mean that sounds less like a kid than the real song. Uh, do, you, do you know about Tom DeLonge and the alien stuff? Yeah, I've heard. Because I used to host a radio show uh, on KVNO HD2, and it was we talked to all the alien people. We had, like, the whole cast of <laughs> Ancient Aliens on it, and we would do interviews wow. with all them. And he Pretty wasn't cool. specifically on it, but, like, once you get in those circles, there's not it's not a big, uh, you know, social bubble uh, <laughs> that they have there. So, yeah, uh, I've heard him talk a little bit about it, but it seems kind of lame. It's a it's a bizarre career path. Yeah. Well, he's like he's successful enough. He can do that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You guys into alien? Maybe I should have asked. Do you you believe in the UFOs and the aliens? I love anything relating to that
2: (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You believe it though,
0: or is it just fun?
2: There's so many different like paths of thought. There's some people that believe that there's aliens, or some people that believe that the aliens are actually just like government ships, and they're like the government's planning a fake alien invasion to so all the chaos will form one world government this is
0: the next step in your blink 182 cover yeah band, this think, this uh, this
2: podcast is <laughs> it's kind of gotten derailed sorry i'm sorry the tangent
0: <laughs> i mean i brought i brought it up I we can come back on going. another time and talk about that
2: kind of stuff if you want
0: yeah well i've got that show the medium roast that i do that's more for uh, all the goofy stuff so Sweet. we did a conspiracy call-in show last week so that that would have been appropriate I'll have to listen to that. <laughs> so anyway okay um, follow The Real Zebos on social media. Is there a song I can play us out to that you're okay? Play
2: uh, your ex said you can't dance. Okay. That one sounds really good. All right.
0: Do well, you, you want to hear the background of this song?
2: Because yes, it's please. really fun.
1: It's fun. There. Jordan and I went to a concert. It might have been one of the first shows. I think it, it was, was the very first show. No, we it wasn't. To. It wasn't well. the
2: first show we went to. It was Jukebox the Ghost at the Waiting we Room. We
1: went to a concert and during the opener where everyone's kind of you know, lol they're waiting for the headliner. There was one guy who was dancing so viciously, not viciously, elegantly. He was like doing ballet twirls and spins and everyone was watching him because it was so bizarre to see. And I thought maybe he was drunk, but then I like, I gave him a fist bump and talked to him and he was completely sober. So that was a weird thing. A few months later we're at uh we're at an earth, open mic er- no before that we were at earth day in elmwood park and there was some sort of like polka dance circle going on and he was dancing there it was the same guy and then we saw him at the down under at open mic where there's no crowd just ballroom <laughs> dancing with another dancing woman. by himself well no he did dance with a woman for a little bit and i've seen him so many times i'm facebook friends with him now because i talked to him at the down under and i'm like hey i wrote a song about you and he seemed like not totally interested which is like the <laughs> coolest thing you can do it's like oh cool
0: yeah and i added him on facebook are you, and you secretly just trying to win his admiration i just well
1: i'm i just like i think you should know that i wrote a song about you and he's just like oh no one's ever done that do you want to hear it? I, I still haven't sent it to him. Are but you worried? It's,
2: it's weird that he didn't ask why. And then, yeah, wide, well, why? Well, I think me. I think
1: I did explain it to him because I was just like I was so impressed by his dancing. And then it's less the dancing and more the passion. The passion. Wow. But, uh Last when we played in Ames this last Saturday, Friday, uh, we played that song, and there was a lone guy dancing by himself in the front not the same guy but just a different guy and it was so weird that it happened I was like you know
2: karma there's one in every there's city karma. I guess
1: yeah but anyway that's the song well the song is just me imagining why why he might dance like that is because somebody told him that he can't dance and he he's gonna show he's, them. he set out to yeah. prove
0: him wrong well thanks guys for being on the show thank absolutely. you absolutely thank you for having us Night is hosted by me, Tom Noblock. I produce the show along with Ben Matugwitz. Our episode today was sponsored by BFF Benson First Friday. Please check it out at BensonFirstFriday.com. We also produce the live shows in cooperation with B-Side of the Benson Theater. Benson Theater's goal is to restore the historic Benson Theater in Maple Street in the middle of Benson as a shared community space for business, education, and artistic performances. The theater's programming will include educational workshops and seminars during the day and entertainment in the evening. Benson Theater will provide performance space and vital business education resources not currently accessible in the urban area of Benson. However, they need your help. Please go to BensonTheater.org to donate and learn more about the project. It's a fantastic resource. It'd be a fantastic source for art, for a venue for people in Omaha, interested in anything cultural at all, please look at Bensontheater.org. We'll be back. Hopefully, we will be having more of these just audio-only episodes. Thank you for listening to this one. Also, please make sure to go to our next live show, which will be a conversation with congressional candidate Cara Eastman. That is this coming Wednesday, March 27th, at B-Side of the Benson Theater. Be there.
3: It'll be amazing. Thank you for listening. This has been Riverside Chats.